Good evening. Tonight we're learning Masech Hasyuma Daf Tesvav. Uh, we're going to be starting toward the bottom of Daf Yadalat Amadveis, three lines from the bottom with the words My Taima. To give a little bit of context uh, in regards to where we are, we learned yesterday about a contradiction. We learned about a stira between our Mishnah. Our Mishnah taught us that the Ketores came first and then the Neiros were prepared later. And then we learned in a Brisa yesterday uh, in a Mishnah, actually, halfway down in Yudalat Amadbeis, we learned a Mishnah about the pious, and we saw there that the Ketoros was actually after the Menorah, said in Machlokas. And yesterday we gave answer number one in the name of Abaye, and Abaye gave the answer that, no, don't worry, we're just talking about different parts of the Menorah. One was talking about uh, taking care of the five, five out of the seven Neros, and the other was talking about two out of the seven. That was answer number one. And then we learned, uh, and we're still in the middle of that answer, but within that, we learned about the sheets of Abishol. And Abishol, four lines from the bottom said, Abishol Omer, Meti Ba'achar Kach Maktir, that you prepare the candles, and only afterwards do you bring the Torah. So it says the Gemara, my time into Abishol. Why is it that Abishol says that first we're Meti, first we prepare all of the candles, and only after do we bring the Torah? So answers the Gemara, three lines from the bottom, Yudalat Omer Beis, Yachsid, because the, the, the Pasuk writes, Baboker, Baboker, Behiti Boa Saneros, Bahadur Yachti Rena. First, Sequentially, the Pasuk says that you're Meti Vesaneros. And then next, the Torah tells us that you are bringing the Torah. It's very simple. His answer is very glad. It's not a complicated answer. So he says, it's just based on the Pesukim, says Abishol. The rabbis who say that it's not that way, the rabbis in the beginning of a Bryce of five lines from the bottom said differently. They said, you cannot do the Neros first and then do the Torah, but rather they say you do the Torah first. So what do they do with the Pasuk? My Kamarachmana says the Gemara, you misunderstood the Psukim. The Psukim didn't mean to be sequential. Says the Gemara, turning to the top of Tesvav Maral, Bidan Hatava Torah, that at the same time that you're cleaning out the candles is also the time at which the Torah should be burning. It should be done. Uh, they have to be somewhat sequential. You're only one person. You can't do everything at the same time, but they're they're very, very close together, and we'll see that they're actually split according to some cheetahs, that you do the five neros, then you do the ktoris in the middle, and then you do the two the two neros, and that's reflected in the brisa that I uh, showed you yesterday in the sitter about Abishol. So then says the Gemara, you have to say that this is pshat, that be'idan hatava tehemat mekatar ktoris. Why? If you don't say that, then in regard to the tamid, which was bein harabayim, there the pasuk says, u'bahalos arnas aneros ben arbayim yaktirena, it says there that Bahalos Aaron Saneros Ben Har Bai Miaktirena. We see that the Torah is after Neros. Talkinami de Beresha Madak Neros Vadar Makir Torah Shalbein Harbaim. There it seems to be in the in the Tamish Shalbein Harbaim. Based on the Pasuk, it would be that way. That's what it seems like that the Torah would be last. Says the Gemara. Like we're all thinking, like okay, like what, who cares about the difference? It says the Gemara that can't be five lines down. And Tesvav and Medalov. The Gemara says Vechitem Alchanami. If you want to say it's true that the Torah goes last, that can't be. Because the Atanya, the, the Brisa writes, and this Brisa is going to have two approaches. The second one is the one we need to prove our point. But the Brisa writes based on the Pesach Me'erabad Boker, and we learn two things from this Brisa. Me'erabad Boker, from night to morning, what is the first thing that we learn? The first thing that we learn is the volume of oil and wick that we need to put into the candelabra, into each of the cups of, uh, of the menorah. Ten lak midasa, make sure to give the right amount. Make sure that there's enough oil to last the night. And what's the second thing that we learn? To teach you that the only thing that can be done overnight is the menorah. And more poignantly, which is not expressed directly in the Gemara, but it's implied, is that the last thing that we do is the menorah. Namely, you cannot have the Torah after the Neros. So it says the Gemara, this is what the Rabbanan say back to Abishol. Abishol says the Torah has to be last. 
because uh, because that's what the Pesukim say. The Rabbanon say you got the Pesukim wrong, they have to be done concurrently. And what's the proof? Because the proof is Bain Harbaim, is that by the Korban, uh, the Korban Tamish of Bain Harbaim, there we said it's impossible for the Ketoris to be afterwards. So what would I, what would, how would, how else would it work out? What then do the Pesukim mean, say the Rabbanon, and they would respond, Bidan Hadlaka, Tehim Lakatar, Ketoris, Achanami, Bidan Hatava, Tehei, Mekatar, Ketoris. So we see here, uh, rather clearly from this Bryce. So that supports the sheet of the Rabbanon, that the Pesukim are not meant to be learned in a sequential form. That first and foremost, you do the Neros, and then you do the Torahs like Abishol, but rather they're done concurrently. You, you do the five five of the seven candles, and then you do the Torahs, and then you come back and do the last two, the Haraya, that you're not even allowed to do the Torahs after the after the Neros Bein Harbain. And then Neros are the last thing that we do. So says the Gemara, that has to be shot in our case as well. And then the Gemara says, Vabashal. Wow, okay, the Rabbanan laid out a very good argument, Abashal. You're not allowed to bring the Torahs after the, after the Neros Bein Harabayim. So what do you, do you have to go, we, we, we're throwing the ball back into your court. Now you have to take a swing. What are you going to do? Amar Lach, Abashal would say, no, you can't learn anything from the Tamit Shal Bein Harabayim. Amar Lach, shiny hasam there's, there's something unique about Tamit Shal Bein Harabayim, and therefore you cannot learn from it, and therefore your question is not a question. Because all the thrust of the sheet of the Rabbanan was that the Brisa indicates that the Ketoris can't be after the Neros. And he says, you're looking at Psukim, it's apples to oranges. You can't compare the case of Tamash Ben Arbaim to the case of Tamash Shachar. Now, all of this was part of answer one of Abai. Remember the question that we started with today, the question we really learned about last night, which is that our Mishnah says Torahs first and Neros later. And the Mishnah on the bottom half of Yudal Adamid Bey says Neros first and Torahs later in different orders. So Abaye just gave his answer. And now we're going to learn answer number two, one quarter of the way down on Tazvav Aleph. Let's learn the sheet of Rav Papa. Rav Papa, Amar Lokash, I know these sheets sound like they're the same. They're not. The previous answer of Abaye was distinguishing between whether or not the Torahs came after the five, the cleaning of the five uh, cups of the out of the seven, and then the Torahs, and then the two. That's how they, we explain the Gemara according to Abaye. Rav Papa says, no, the difference between our Mishnah, which says Torahs first followed by Neros, and the Mishnah about the pious halfway down on Yadal, the Medbez, where we said that the Neros are first and then the Torahs. The difference is whether you hold like the Rabban or Nabashal, the Mayu Kimta, who is holding like what? Limas Nisan Dehacha, our Mishnah, which indicates that first we have the Torahs, followed by the Neros, that is the sheet of the Rabbanon, and Pius, the Mishnah, about the Pius, which was on the bottom half of Yodzal Adam Abbez, that's Ka'abashol. Says the Gemara, hold on one second, you've given a couple of good answers, but the problem is that we have a new question. We have another Brisa that discusses this topic, and we need to try and see how it fits in, says the Gemara, Ema Seifa, but we have a little bit later uh, in our Masechta, and, and the side it indicates is Daf Lamed Aleph, so we're, we're halfway to that Daf, so it says the Gemara, hey, vi lo if they bring on Yom Kippur, if they bring the Korban HaTamid to the Kohen Gadol, what does he do? So it says the Gemara, Kiratso, Rashi, what's Kiratso? Immediately to our right, Dibur Hamaschal Kiratso, Chatcho, the Kohen Gadol makes the Chaticha, Chatcho, Chatach, Bo, Hechsher, he cuts the minimum amount, Shechita, Berov Shnaim, the majority of most of, what does that mean? So we know that there's the windpipe and the esophagus, and the halacha is that mito rice in order for an animal to become kosher, you have to cut with a perfectly smooth knife through the outer layer of skin and into the uh, at least 51% of both of each, the esophagus, the, the kana and the veshe, the windpipe and the esophagus, and that is what transfers something into being 
halachically kosher, but he stops at that point, Kiratzo, back in the Gemara, he does that little bit of Marak, Acher, Shechita, Al Yodo, and another Kohen finishes the Shechita. And then what does he do while this Tamid is being brought? Look at the order. So he does, an, he does the Torah, followed by the Neros. That's our Mishnah. That's our Mishnah that we started with on, on uh, the, the Mishnah that we started with on Dafidal and Amaralif indicates as much that we said that first and foremost, we have to take care of the Torah and then we have to do the Neros. So this fits perfectly with the Rabbanan, fits perfectly with our Mishnah in Yadal and Amaralif. So says the Gemara, Asta'an le Rabbanan. This Brisa is explicitly, it's not a, oh, uh, is this a Brisa? I think so. Not sure. So the, this Brisa or Mishnah that is found on Lamed Aleph that says, clearly that's a son, the Rabbanon. So says the Gemara, uh, a, a question, it's not a strong question, the Gemara says, You have three sources, the first and last are the Shittas of the Rabbanon that have the Neros last and the Torahs first. And the case that's in the middle is the sheet of Abashol, but the Torahs last. Says the Gemara, what's the big deal? Amar lachra papa in absolutely. What we have sheet machlokos like this all over Shas. Why are you being so picky about who? There's a machlokos in the Tanaim. So the, yeah, some prices are like one, and some mishnayos are like the other. Says the Gemara in reishav esefer abanim tiyasavashal. That's not a problem. So then the Gemara says as follows. Now just uh, as a chazara, we ask our question stira with our mishnah yudalat amadalat, which says that the neiros are last, versus the mishnah on the bottom of uh, yudalat amadbeis with the pious that says that the torahs is last. Back in our Gemara, halfway down, Tesvav Amad Aleph from the word Bishlama. Bishlama Abaye. I understand the answer we learned yesterday. Lo Amarke Rav Papa. Why didn't Abaye say like Rav Papa? Because there was a natural difficulty with the Shita of Rav, uh, Rav Papa. What was the natural difficulty of the Shita of Rav Papa? As we said, Reisha was safer Abanum Tsiyasabashal, Lo Mokimla. Abaye said, I, I, well, I'm not going to hear from it. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to try and establish the Gemara in a complicated way unless I'm forced to do so. Ela Rav Papa, my time, Lo Amarke Abaye. Why didn't Rav Papa say like Abaye? Abaye's answer was more glut. Abaye's answer didn't lead into this problem of three Mishnayas, the first and third are like the Rabban and the middle one's like Abishal. Why didn't Rav Papa right here, the answer that we learned today, nuance, why didn't he say like yesterday's answer of Abaye? Says the Gemara, Rav Papa, my time will amar ke Abaye. Amar lach, tana b'resha, tovas shtene, rosvahadar, tovas because it's out of order. Because if you look at the flow of events that we saw earlier, what we learned was backwards. Now we know as the Seder Hadvarim, and if you look in the Seder, it's reflected this way also, that when they were cleaning out the menorah, they would first do five of the cups out of the seven, and then they would do another activity, either the Korban Tamid or the Ketorah, and then they'd come back and do two. But what did we see earlier? So Rav Papa's like, I can't do what you said, Abaye, because the Mishnayis are out of order. It said first, First it said to do the two, and then it said to do the five. That's backwards. So that Bryce is very complicated. Abaye, Abaye, what would you say about that? Abaye's like, why? You're looking at this Mishnah for the wrong purposes. This Mishnah was not meant to be the Seder Hadvarim. This Mishnah was just listing an activity in the Beis HaMikdash. Abaye says halfway down, He was just teaching us the general rules, but not about the order. Yes, we do the two and we do the five. Didn't mean to be in a specific order, but Sidra HaHadar Tanila. Soon down the road, we'll learn what the exact order and flow was. But that which was bothering Abaye uh, was what Rav Papa was brought up, which was this uh, this order of the Mishnayis of Reisha Vesefa Rabbanon and the Mitziasa was Abishol. And what was bothering Rav Papa was the fact that the Mishnayis were not in proper flow. 
The Mishnahis were not in proper flow because we learned earlier first the two uh, of the seven candles and then the five of the seven candles, and that's out of order. So then Abai says, you got, you got it all wrong. This brings us to a, a, a bit of a new sugya. Uh, we, we saw it briefly quoted, and we're going to spend the rest of today learning about this. We're two-thirds of the way down on Tesvav and Aleph at the word Gufa. Yesterday, I think it was yesterday, we came across a Gemara that spoke about the uh, sprinkling of blood that was done on the corners of the Mizbeach. Just for some terminology for today, we have a phrase called achas tushtain, one zrika, but it touches two sides of the mizbeach. So that's achas tushtain, it's one throw of blood, but it touches two sides, you do it at the corner. So let's say, for example, your mizbeach is mamish like this, and you throw blood here, so it's gonna hit both sides of the walls. Let's say the north wall, and then the east wall. Great, so that's, that's achas tushtain. And Stein, Shein Arba, is you can do two throws at the opposite ends of the box of the Mizbeach. On one end, you get north and east. And on the other side, you get west and south. Just with one on each side. That's Shnaim Shein Arba. So that's just as an opening frame uh, that will help us understand what's going on here. Gufa, two-thirds of the way down. When the Kohen gets to the corner of the northeast, no same Mizrachis Tfonis, with one throw, with one throw, he can hit two walls, the northern wall and the eastern wall. And then he goes around to the opposite corner, catty corner. He walks all the way around. He covers two sides of length of the Mizbech. He wraps around Ma'aravis Dromis. And on the southwest side, Nosin Ma'aravis Dromis. However, the Tani Alar of Shemitzvah, the name we saw yesterday, Rishemini Shemitzvah argues with this and says, no, Mishana Tamid. It's not true. You got it wrong. When it comes to the Korban Tamid, things are different. And let's see how we said by this, that the, the initial shita in the Tanaim that we just saw says that it's Shtayim Shem Arba. You stand at one corner and you hit two walls, go to the other opposite corner, you hit two more walls. We start on one corner and you hit the north and the east, go to the other corner, you hit the south and the west. Says Rav Shimon Isha Mitzvah that that's not correct. We're about eight lines before the widest lines. Bala Lekaren Mizrach Hisfonis, I agree. He says, I agree to the Tanakhama Nosim Mizrach Hisfonis. I agree that at the corner where the north wall of the Mizbech and the east wall meet, that it's one sprinkle. However, and here's where he deviates strongly. That was Achas Shushtaim. Here, he's going to break that rule. But Ma'arav Isdromis, when he goes to the southwest wall, things change. No Sein Ma'arava. He specifically puts it on the west wall. And then Ve'acharkach, No Sein Droma. Ah, so that's different. So he's touching, instead of doing one sprinkle that hits both the west and the southern walls, no, he literally with his hands touches the western wall with blood and then goes to the other wall and touches the wall. So on one side, he did one sprinkle that got the northeast side of the wall. And on the other side, he touched the southern and western walls separately. My time under Shemini Shamitva. Why does he do this? Why on one side does he do achas shushtaim? And why on the other side does he do shtaim shushtaim? He has to do separate acts. Why does he do that? Says the Gemara, five lines before the wide lines, Omar of Yochanan, Mishumcha, Debe Rav Yanai, one of the Bnei Shiva and the base Medrash of Rav Yanai, Omar Kratz, based on the Pasuk. So we see that it's a, a, the Korban Tamid, but it has the word chatas in it. Olahi, it is in fact an Ola. So here, what the Gemara is teaching us is, yes, it's an Ola. It says, Olas Tamid. However, the Pasuk has the word Chatas in it. We, we've never thought about this. We have a very simplistic view of the Pesukim. But the Pasuk says, Taka, it's an Ola, but it makes reference to the fact that it's a Chatas. So what? So it says the Gemara like this. When we have an Ola, we use the rule of Achas Shushtayim. But when we have a Chatas, we don't do Achas Shushtayim. You have to touch each side of the wall. So because the Pasuk says Ola, so then you can sprinkle one, that's the northeast corner. 
But on the southwest, on the southwest corner, there you can't sprinkle Achashushtayim because we're trying to capture an element of the chatas because the pasuk speaks about a chatas. And therefore, instead of sprinkling Achashushtayim, you touch the the, the the western wall and you touch the southern wall. So it says the Gemara, two lines before the wide line. So Ketzad, what are the details of this? And as uh, I just kind of foreshadowed this, this is exactly what the Gemara says. No saying. At one corner, at the northeast corner, he does like the Maisa Ola. By Olas, we sprinkle at one corner to hit two sides. However, but when it comes to the uh, southwest corner there, we don't do the sprinkling like an Ola. We do the sprinkling like a Chatas. And the sprinkling like a Chatas is not one act that captures two walls, but you have to touch each of the walls. So you do get all four walls. You're blending the worlds of an Ola and a Chatas. An Ola is Achashushtayim, one wall, two, two, one sprinkle, two walls. And the Chatas is touching each of those walls. So it says the Gemara, first of the long lines, Velitein Shtayim Chain Arba Kemay Sehola, Arba Shein Arba Kemay Sechatas. Okay, all right. So if the Pasuk talks about an Ola and the Pasuk talks about a Chatas, you should do the full sprinkling of both. You should do Achashushtayim at each opposite corner, at the northeast corner and the southwest corner check all your boxes for Ola. And then you should go back around for the Chatas components of the Pasuk and touch each wall with the blood. East, west, north, south, get it done. Why not? Not east, west, north, south, in that order, be going around, walking around. But still, why would you not do that? Make it all, make, be Yotze both, says the Gemara. You can't do two full sets with one chord, but it doesn't make sense like that. So you're not going to do achashu shtaim, achashu shtaim, shtaim shem arba, as we would say. You're not going to do shtaim shem arba for the ola, and then arba shem arba for the chatas. That's too much. We we don't have such a precedent for that. Says the Gemara. Wait, what? You're talking about precedent? You're telling me that there's no precedent to do a double set of Zerikos, one for the world of Ola, all four sides of the Mizbeach, and one for the world of Chatas, all four sides. There's no precedent for this either. There's no precedent for half Ola, half Chatas. So you forget that. It must be because the Torah specifically showed us that the world of Ola's Tamid includes Chatas. So you... If there's no precedent for your case of half sprinkling Ola, half sprinkling Chatas, then make it all sprinkling Ola and all sprinkling Chatas. Why? Why did you get to get? Why do you get to be right? There's no precedent for either of the Shitas. It's such an important idea in Halacha to make sure that we understand that precedent is huge. We have this in secular Lalahavdil, but when there's precedent, I think they call it a priori. I think that's what it's called. But when there's precedent, oh, we have a case of precedent. You can look back in the past. In the past, the Supreme Court ruled one, two, and three. Therefore, we can rely on that. But when there's no precedent, why do you get to be right? So the Gemara has to answer that question. We're lacking precedence here. So says the Gemara, uh, no. What does that mean that there's pisuk matanos? Take a look at Rashi. Rashi, eight, nine lines from the bottom of the page. Dibur Hamaschal Pisuk Matanos Be'almahu says the Gemara, Holushtein Bekeren Achas, Ein Kanho Chachas Maisachatas. Ah, says the Gemara, you got a practical problem. We can't distinguish what happened. We, we won't know. See, at least on one corner where we sprinkle Achashim Shnein, I can tell from the splatter, I know what's going on. And on the other side, I can tell when you touch the corner, I can tell they look very different. But if what you're saying is that I do Shtayim uh, Shein Arba, opposite corner sprinkle, and then go around in the same spot, touch with your hand, blood, then I don't know what, what type of korban you just did. I'm all kind of confused. That's what the Gemara says. Awesome. You're right that I have no precedent, but I do have a very good svara to say that we shouldn't do full sets 
of zrikos for ola and for chatas, and rather to split them into two. Says the Gemara, Well, there's one other distinction between ola and the chatas. The ola, when we do the sprinkling, is always on the bottom half of the mizbech. We know that the mizbech was cut in half around the side by the sikra. There was a little line there that separated the top and the bottom. So says the Gemara, why aren't you distinguishing between the ola, which is below the sikra, and the chatas, which is above the sikra? So that's what the Gemara is recommending here. When we do the sprinkling that's representative of the ola, lemata should be below the line of the sikra, ola. And the shtaim shein shtaim, when you do the one on each wall for the chatas, lemayla kamaisa chatas. Great question. There's more than just one difference between an ola and a chatas. Difference number one is how many zrikos we do. And difference number two is where on the Mizbech, height-wise, do we do this? The Ola is below the Sikra, lower down, and the Chatas is above. Why don't we make that distinction? Says the Gemara. Another, Lo Matzinu. We have no precedence for this. Lo Matzinu, Damim, Lamata. We don't have a case like that in Shas as a precedence where the sprinkling for one Korban, part of it is below the Sikra and part of it is above the Sikra. Says the Gemara, really below? We don't. I can show you a case. Three lines from the bottom, four lines from the bottom. Tasvav Meralev. V'atnan. The Mishnah writes, "He's a mimenu achas lamalav eshevelamata." Language from Yom Kippur that we're familiar with, right? That he was sprinkling, and what does it say? He did. Um, oh, lost my place. Achas lamala, one up, seven down. What does that show you? That shows you that we do have precedence where a sprinkling can be done above the sikra and below the sikra. You said we have no precedence. Yes, we do. Answers the Gemara: No, incorrect. Kimatzlev. Nobody knows what the word kimatzlev means. Some of the Mephorshim write, any yodea l'shono, that type of language, this word is not a normal word. It says the Gemara, thankfully, my kimatzlev. <laughs> what does it mean, kimatzlev? So there it says the Gemara, machvi rav Yehuda ke, uh, kimingadna. It's like giving uh, malkos. What is this talking about? That when you give malkos, uh, when the Bezim would give malkos, they'd give a lash, and then they would always move down on the person's back. They wouldn't hit the same spot twice, but they tried not to hit the same spot twice. They'd go lower and lower and lower. Rashi has this language also, three lines from the bottom. Dibra Maskil, says, Rashi, Kishleach Bezdin Hamaki Berutua, Zola Rashi says, I've never heard of the word before. But when we do Malkos, Rashi says, you're doing one lower than the other. So what does it mean, Kemasif and Argamara? You thought there was precedence that maybe it's taka true that we had a case where there was sprinkling above and below the Sikra, says the Gemara, absolutely not. All it meant is that his, his, uh, his first sprinkle, as high as it was, was still below the Sikra, and every next one of the seven were lower than that. That's all that it means. So there is no precedence below, says the Gemara. But wait, maybe I have another case of precedence where we did a where we did a sprinkling that was above and below says the Gemara Ve'atnan three lines from the bottom Ve'atnan he's a al taharo shall mizbech shava peamim seven times it seems that there was a sprinkling seven times and from the word tiharo what do we learn my lava palge de mizbech doesn't that refer to the very center line of the mizbech the sikra itself and therefore some blood must go above and some blood must go below. How do we know that the word tihara that's used here is a reference to the middle? So it says the Gemara, Kedamra Inchi, Taher tihara hu palga When we talk in this language of Tahir Tihara, it's a reference to the middle of the day. So therefore, when our when the Mishnah, four lines, three lines from the bottom of the page says, um, it's talking about the middle of the Mizbeah. Therefore, some must go above and some must go below. It says the Gemara, no again. Amar Rabba Barshila, lo, you're incorrect. Where was that sprinkling done referred to there? It wasn't in the middle of the Mizbeach. Agufe de Mizbeach. What does that mean? The body of the Mizbeach. Rashi. Dibra Maskal, Agufe de Mizbeach, Al Gago. 
on the top of the Mizbeach Mamish, not on the wall, like on the flat part on the top. So this Mishnah was not talking about above and below the Chutz HaSikra. So again, no precedence for a case where we do above and below. Says the Gemara, and Rashi uh, here explains how all of this uh, how all of this is explained, but it means that it's on the top of the Mizbeach. Ask the Gemara two lines down. Why do we do the sprinkling that's representative of the, the Ola first and do the Chata second? Right? If the Korban and the Pasuk Olas, uh, olas Tamid, but has the word Chatas in it, why do we choose to do one instead of the other? Maybe Nesi Beresha de Chatas, Nesi de Ola. Maybe we should reverse the sprinklings. The first one we should do on the southwest wall, which is Biyadayim. You have to touch each wall, Shnaim, Shehem, Shnaim. You don't do one, which is two. You do two, which is two, touching each side. And then I go around the other side and you can do your Ola splattering, which is Achash, Shnaim, says the Gemara, Kevan de Ola, since Be'etzem, the Korban Tamid, really is an Ola, he Kodma Beresha. That's why it becomes, yes, there's a Chatas component, but primarily the Korban Tamid is an Ola. And therefore, I felt that it's true, there's a component of a Chatas, so what? It, the primary korban is an ola. So that zrika comes first. Asks the Gemara five lines down. We'll be stopping uh, two thirds from the bottom of the page. A little bit more to go for tonight. Says the Gemara. Why do we start northeast and go to southwest? Says the Gemara. We should, let's reverse it. Maybe we should go the other direction where we start southwest and then move to northeast. Uh, sorry, is that right? Uh, let's start on the southeast corner. He mixes them up. And then we should do the northwest corner. says we can't. Amre Ola to Una Yesod. The Karen Dromis Mizrachis Lohaya Le Yesod. The Yesod was a one ama, a one ama, it was a, again, let's call it approximately a foot and a half by a foot and a half base that was only on certain sides of the Mizbeach. But the Korban Ola, when we do the Zrika, requires a part of the Mizbeach that has that base. And if you don't have the Yesod, it doesn't count. So therefore, we couldn't do that. So we started on the northeast corner as described above. Ask the Gemara another question. Why do we start at that specific location? Maybe we can start somewhere else. Maybe where there is still some Yesod, says the Gemara, for a totally different reason. The reason why we had to start where we started and not somewhere else is we have this rule in the Mizbech. You're, all, you're always supposed to turn right. So I just went somewhere... Uh, hit up some batting cages. When I was walking in, they had arrows everywhere where you could walk because of COVID. You can't hurt, turn there. You had to follow the arrows the whole way through. In the Mizbech, I don't think they had arrows on the floor, but everybody knew that you're always supposed to turn right. So you'd walk in a way where you can ensure that you're going to turn right. So if that's true, what was the first corner you got to from the place you were standing when you were about to do this Rika, the Northeast corner. So that's why you started there. It had to be a place that had a Yisod. It had to be a place where it was a turning right to the East. Yeah, you're done. So you hit the Northeast corner. How do you know that it is the Ola in which there is a Maisachatas? Maybe we should consider this Korban to be a Korban Chatas. Says the Gemara, no one would have ever thought that. And with this, we're going to close. Why? Because what we're doing is we're taking a component of Chatas and we're throwing it in with the Ola's Tamid. 
Sikum Hadvarim of the last many lines. I know there's a bit of nuance with all the directions. The short version of the story is that according to Rev Shimon Isha Mitzvah, he was of the opinion that you would, for a Korban Tamid, sprinkle on the northeast corner, one sprinkle that would hit the north and east walls of the Mizbeach. And on the other side, he would not do a sprinkle in that way, but he would rather touch the south and west walls, the Kohen, in order to fulfill the component of the Olas Tamid, which was a Chatas. And by Chatas, we don't do that. And with this, we will close in your session. Tomorrow night, we're going to learn a little extra. Tomorrow is Tuesday? Yeah. Not tomorrow night. Tomorrow's regular block. The next night, we're going to learn a little extra. We'll have a very short share on the night of Dafyam, but probably an Amud, a shorter Amud. And then we'll be able to celebrate properly with the Hilula of Rashbi. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Yeah.